0: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Ewell. Hey, 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 good afternoon, everybody. So glad that you are with us on this newest edition of the Renewed You podcast, a podcast designed to help you learn to live your best life ever. Every single one of us has been created for a purpose, and there are enemies to that purpose in our life that take us through low times, and sometimes we can get lost down there. But if we will get healthy mentally Physically and spiritually, what we wind up doing is renewing our life and we can come out of the low times and really soar into the new heights that God desires for us. To live in today i've got a special guest he is like more of a hero to my dad he i just know <laughs> him by his first name but my dad remembers some of the great days and i'm sure we'll get into some of that so for all of you uh sooner football fans out there uh, i've got a special guest with me today his name is vicky ray anderson vicky how are you doing brother yeah,
0: doing pretty good excited to be right here with you this is different actually it's my first uh I'm trying to be on a podcast. Man, I mean, a, I, I find that to hard
1: ex- to be, I find that hard to believe because you are just you you talk well. I mean, I mean you're just you're you're you. I I'm surprised that you're well, one on. 101. 101. There on one we go. So okay. <laughs> There we go. Well, Vicky, I know you—you've uh, had quite, quite a, a life, and so um, I'm excited for everybody to get to know you today. um Where, where did everything begin
0: for you? Where are you actually from? From okay, I'm from Pampa, Texas. I was born in Pampa, Texas, uh, which is right up in the Panhandle. Amarillo, Pampa, heart White Deer. But I was born in, well, I was born in, in 1956. No. May, you... May 3rd, yesterday was my birthday, actually. No, it really? Yes, May 3rd, 1956, so I'm 65, as of yesterday. You are
1: 65? Right. And you still look like you could strap it up and go play yeah, some football. but I'm, man. I'm smarter than that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Papa, Texas. Papa, Texas. Is that a small town? Yeah, it's... Uh, well, you know where Amarillo is. I know where, where it's So it's a little bit smaller. than smaller than Amarillo. So it's east of Amarillo, about about an hour, about fifty-five miles east of Amarillo. Wow! So, but it's so it's pretty decent size. Pretty decent yeah. size. It's not an Oklahoma City, or it's <laughs> probably big as Norman, about Norman or a little bigger. Okay. So whatever that population would be.
1: Um. Obviously, as I've already kind of alluded, you you got into
0: athletics. Uh, how early did you get into athletics? Oh, actually as a young boy i i played everything i did baseball basketball football ran track so early on i would say elementary school i started playing sports but i from junior high on you would say that i've been i had been playing since junior high school so so junior high school you All got into up. it yeah yeah sure did
1: what what was it uh just did you just like sports, or was there a reason why you initially went out for your first well, team?
0: Well, I have an interesting background, and, uh, well, I have to talk about my family history, childhood. Well, actually, this is very interesting that you're jumping into this. Sports kind of kept me out of trouble, really, if you want to oh, say really? that. But I had a a broken home, I just a uh, one-parent family. My mother had two brothers and two sisters and had a just a difficult family life and so sports i guess you would say was one of the outlets that kept me busy kept me off the streets and was good at it so that's what i did i mean that's uh tried to played every kind of sport there was and and didn't know it but it did it just kept me out of trouble but i got early early on i started playing sports so wow so which was your favorite when you were a kid that's very hard because i played i ran track i played baseball i but football, basketball, it was, well, I played more basketball than anything when oh, I was young. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I lived on a basketball you court. You lived on the basketball yeah.
1: court. <laughs> Man, I can identify with that. Some of my best friends in junior high school, we always, play, yeah. I mean, we played basketball every day.
0: I was, yeah, very good. I played there. Oh, you say the old guys, the older guys. I was young, but I played, learned a lot with the big yeah. fellas. So, but I, yeah, basketball. believe it or not? It was, it was my favorite sport.
1: <laughs> well, uh, so how how did your mom how how did she handle? Uh, she had to be a, a great lady and, well, and
0: a hero, man. Ooh, you talking about the family life? Yeah. Whoa, man, that's uh, that was that was tough. She was single, and we were. She had two boys. Well, it was three of us, five kids. Three boys, two girls, and I'm just going back as far as I can mm-hmm. remember. It's kind of interesting what you just said when you were t- praying about the deep, mm-hmm. dark, difficult days. So that's kind of it's interesting that I'm here. Felt like that's kind of what uh, it's interesting to talk about that because I know there are a lot of people out there. But no, it was a broken home. Didn't have a father, and uh, I have far I can just it would take forever. Yeah, I'll just go back as far as I can remember. As a child, we were. Didn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. I would say really kind of a poverty type thing. Lived on food stamps. Sure, if you want to say that's kind of what we did to survive. I remember that. And uh, she had a she had a nervous breakdown. If you want to call it a nervous breakdown, now a lot of different terminology today. And so this this can go, who knows where this can go. But what happened was, early on as a young child, I was I can go all, I remember the third grade. So I could just go back to third grade. And uh, we were, my mother lost it. It was too, uh, probably too much for a woman trying to deal with five kids. And we had to go to a Catholic children's home. My, hmm. my brothers and I, the five of us. And so that was in Panhandle, Texas, which is actually about an hour from Pampa. Panhandle was in between Pampa and Amarillo, Texas. Okay. And it was called a a Catholic children's home. It's where families, broken families, difficult families went. And there was none of my relatives in Pampa, you know, that would take us in. There were five of us. so So where we went, we went to this children's home in Panhandle. And this is where a lot of different families. I remember... There were just about everything, any type. We, well, we were the only black family there, but there were Spanish, white people from just all over the world came yep. to this place. And so that's kind of, that, you said, how did she handle it? Well, that happened twice.
1: She had two breaks. She had
0: two, and I remember the the second one. uh I, I remember, for whatever reason, I thought about this morning, 1966, so I was I had to be I've been ten years ago. Ten I was ten years old rather. Nineteen sixty six. I remember that for whatever reason that kept popping up, but I was and it came to a point where I guess that was the second time we went, my family and I. And from nineteen sixty six to sixty nine, I actually I was getting older growing. So about fourteen years old as a man, you know, it was this this place only dealt with uh well, once the fellas the boys they were you say physically growing and stuff they would once you hit 14 they would ship you out hmm. and so you had to go somewhere so in that i was able to come back to pampa my mother was stable then and uh well came back to pampa and she had moved to oklahoma city then i came to oklahoma city yeah so i mean i'm just kind of scattered with it but uh it was a it was a tough time as a child but actually i i guess there was an outlet for me i played a lot of football played a lot of sports and panhandled all the way through so I so mean,
1: did a coach kind of step in and
0: actually there is I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about that. There was a a coach, a family, Dale Rosellis, from, out of Panhandle, Texas, and uh, he kind of took me under his wings. Really, I, I had a lot of freedom as a as a young man. But the most kids, for whatever reason, I believe you know God's favor was there. But there was a family, Dale Rosellis and Peggy Rosellis. I remember that he was a the football coach, track, all those different things. So yeah, we really, I actually called. Uh, uh two about two years ago and talked to a relative someone to see how they were doing they're kind of like a retirement home right sure. now. But yeah that's interesting i mean so
1: what did what so he pulled you under his wing a little bit kind of invested some time into your life um uh did it just center around sports
0: no his influence no because i would uh i would go to their home Matter of fact, I was able to go to their home. It's kind of an interesting setup that we had. But I was able to go to their home. Sometimes I would travel and go with them. But it was more than just sports because I would, uh, matter of fact, I would say once I came to Oklahoma, which has been quite a while, I've been here 50 years, I would go back to Texas and sometimes visit them. Sometimes so visit them. Sometimes huh? visit. So it's been a while. So at what
1: point, I mean, you obviously got into football because right. um, that, that kind of is how i was introduced to you from my dad and uh, <laughs> uh but um, uh when did you start thinking man maybe there's something for me in football
0: um beyond well uh that was in high school i went to class in high school well, I, I'll just go back a little further. Central Junior High School. Now it's a, I think it's Southwestern Bell or whatever that is on Robinson. It's, uh, it's probably changed. I can't even remember. There's so much going on with it. But it was right there on Robinson. It was called Central Junior High School. And uh, so when I came from Texas, right around in there, that's where I went to junior high. They called it junior mm-hmm. high back then. And I played all kinds of sports basketball and they had a wrestling team we didn't have facilities we just it was a small place but we didn't have very big but so i ran track played basketball and you name it that's i only had time for those to come. Right. but what happened was uh we won a very good team i guess if anybody's listening i'm in <laughs> trouble because we were called the class class and Comets, and we weren't very good and i think we won maybe five six games in a couple of years but But there was uh, the football team. Well, what happened was Barry Switzer came. Oh, my junior year, uh, came to one of the basketball games, and but he came, and there was another guy named Jeff Brown, and I to because we were very pretty good at football, so Mm -hmm. that kind of got you know got your interest pepped up because this is OU, this is Barry Switzer, and they came. So that back my junior year in high school is when I really you know thought but, maybe there was something said, there. well it was yeah because this is yeah and so
1: barry switzer i mean he's a he's the coach i remember you know that's right. as far back as i go obviously right. um so was he the head coach no, at this I time don't, or i do think he was that okay. my
0: junior year i think it was chuck fairbanks maybe if i remember yeah. correctly but barry coach switzer was my it was my junior year so by the time i was out of high school he was the head coach okay but so yeah
1: what was it like when when he came to you know i mean you obviously knew who he was i mean i've heard crazy stories about him going and visiting guys uh,
0: but uh, yeah i remember i remember where he was he was under uh, it was under one of the basketball goals we had this class and comet mat up against the wall mm-hmm. and he came you know the the coaches that would come from different schools and but i remember him being on the basketball goal up against the wall and everyone you know told us what and we talked and we did in the next year it was warren harper the next year our senior year so hmm. but yeah so i remember i, I do remember that <laughs> <laughs>
1: so when you started playing football in high school in your junior year obviously did uh think did the team get better i mean what was it that caused you to stand out
0: well i was uh as a running back, of course, and well, would run and get the touchdowns. And I mean, it didn't matter if we were, well, I shouldn't say it didn't matter if we were good or not, but uh, we, I played both ways, played on defense and offense, but I had always had good statistics, mm-hmm. good stats, you know, a couple of touchdowns, 200, 300 yards, uh, 239 yards. You know, I, I'm as an athlete, you remember, I remember <laughs> there was a team that we were playing. And I think I had three touchdowns, but one of them got called back. I mean, Uh, I had ended up with 239 yards, I think. Goodness! And yet, this 66, 70 yard touchdown got called back, so Uh that upset me. I think I'd have got the player of the week that week if (laughs) if that hadn't got called back. But now, so, but yeah, it was it was Jeff Brown and I had good good statistics, good statistics, Good, good numbers.
1: At this time, had OU made the switch? It wasn't until Switzer got there that they switched to the Witchbone, was it? Or had they already made the switch? I
0: think, I'm thinking the year before, but I know it, I mean, it was right when right at that time. Right
1: at that time. So yeah. were
0: you guys running the wishbone yeah. in high yes, school? Yes. No, not in high school. Not in we high were, school? We were, we were two backs, I backs. We switched back and forth. So no, yeah. it was just uh, two back feel, I back. Sometimes Jeff would be an I back. I'd be the I back. I'd be the fullback. He'd be but, uh, mostly two said ba- running back stuff like that.
1: When you think back to that time in your life where, um, okay, someone is high profile. Maybe he wasn't as high profile yet. Um, at the start of his career at OU as you know, the King as we call him around here, Switzer, um, looking back on those days. But, um, when, when you think about it, what was it like to have, to know someone of that caliber at a university of Oklahoma saw something in you, um, what, what, what was that like? I mean, do, did they tell you exactly what they were
0: looking for? Did you know what they were looking for? Well, actually, what OU was good at, they would get the best players. I just I don't know if this would answer correctly, but they looked and they got the cream of the crop, if you want to. Uh, they went after the best players. It didn't matter all over the country, it didn't matter where it was. So it was definitely an honor. Uh, for us, and, and especially not having a winning record, most of the players, if you think about it, they had good teams and everything, but yet uh, it was. It was an honor. And this OU, of course, was definitely major, uh, yeah. you know, and everyone knew it was. But, yeah, I consider it an honor. It was a, it was a great thing because we were uh, from class and, and just a lot of good. It was, sure. it was, it was Did done it, a lot for your personal persona, if you want to say it. Sure.
1: Yeah. Did it change your approach to the game? Were you more serious about it when you realized who was – kind of watching you and watching your stats no, or did it, no, it didn't change no, anything no, about it you? Didn't
0: because when you when you playing and you're on the field you just you just you who just, you are. You do what you do and it you know, you don't not really I I never was. You ne, you're really not paying attention to the to the fans or who's out there. You just you just play. You know, as an athlete it's it's just something in you. You just play. Just something know. in you. Yeah. It's <laughs> you just play.
1: <laughs> All right. So things are starting to go your direction. You're getting noticed um and then uh, what was it like to get that call from probably switzer at the
0: time saying hey vicky I want you to come to oklahoma well it was it was exciting i mean it's a world changing it did you know it's you think about it it's it, it was uh it was a life-changing moment it really was
1: come on man when we look back at all of our lives right at you know um i mean you're not much older than me how old are you um, if you'll say it and let everybody know i am i am i'm 50 so (laughs) um but you start looking back on your life when you hit that 50 mark is when it really started for me and you start seeing major dots in the past of your life that connect you know from one this event led to this event which led to this event and you start seeing the flow in your life you know Mm -hmm. Um, there's no doubt that that kind of a call to that kind of a place would be a pivot point in your life is going to change things from this point forward if you take advantage of it right right and so uh when you get to OU you know they're big time Oklahoma um what were some of the other guys in the running back core at that time
0: (laughs) man this we had the we had the best well there was any of them I would know well yeah of course I mean I was I I don't don't know what year was that it was 1974 through seventy nine, I graduated Se- uh, from high okay, school. Okay, hold in on. Seventy four
1: through seventy nine, Wh- and where when were you there playing those 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 74 years? 74 through 79. Okay, so that's about as far back. I mean, I've been a Sooner fan since I can all the way back. I think the farthest back I remember, I remember
0: Thomas Lott. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Billy? Okay, I'll, I'll. There was Joe Washington. I played with Joe. Oh Washington, wow, Steve Davis. There was. Horace Ivory. Wow. There was Peacock, Elvis Peacock, Jimmy Rogers, T- Steve Davis, if I had to mention. So Joe Washington. Yeah. Those guys. Steve Davis. Uh, I'm thinking Kerry Jackson his Peacock. I mean, oh come generation. on, man! That, so Joe was. Yeah, yeah that like, was back guys, in. Those the, were some some tough days, some good days. Now I understand
1: something. why my dad freaks out yeah. when he talks about you. I didn't realize that it was in that. Yeah, so that you guys were
0: Billy Sims, of course. Yes, Billy. Yeah.
1: But Billy was he
0: young a year at that after, point? He was a year. Well, I think Billy's my same age. But oh, he is came, he? He came in a year after I did. Yeah. After
1: you did? Yeah. So. And so, was Lott the quarterback? Thomas or, was the Lott most
0: of the years we were there. Dean Blevins. Dean Blevins Dean was, was after. You're right. Yeah. yeah, so it was Thomas, Dean. But before that, it was Kerry Jackson. Steve yeah, Day that's Davis. before me. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> Thomas and uh, Dean Blevins. And of course, J.C. Watts was after. I met Now, James. I,
1: I remember J.C. Watts. Right. I've got to meet him one time.
0: I met him. I ran into him two days ago. Did you really? At a church service.
1: Now, is he still, I know he was a youth minister for a long time well, before we, he got involved in politics. What's
0: we, he doing now? We talked for a while. I think, uh, I guess I don't know exactly how he would, but maybe, maybe politics again. I don't know. Oh, man. But no, I, 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 I can't say other than we talked for a little bit. and.
1: I'll tell you what. I remember years and years ago when he was up there and he would just talk and give a speech. I'd be like. Dude, please run for president. I would vote for you right now. I mean,
0: I think just, some, I think someone told him the other day. Well, this is what is this Tuesday? Yeah, this was Sunday. This president. This person said, "JC, why don't you run for president?" Hey, man, Sunday? why not? I mean, <laughs> just a great guy. If you hear this, JC, why don't you think yeah, about yeah, it? JC, this is God. <laughs> no, but
1: man, that that was a great era. That was yeah. that was right back.
0: Was that that was during the big undefeated Salmons? Sel- yes, seventy four. Undefeated, seventy-five. I think one game lost. We lost one game. So yeah, there was a very, very good years. Man, we, we were, we were good. You were good. The team good. was you, good. Come
1: on, guys. If you guys don't know the era that we're talking about, get on YouTube. There's some stuff on there. Go back and look up OU. Look up Vicky Ray Anderson. Look up that 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 era, man. And and they really were. There was no there was no yeah. limits on how many players you could have. And
0: so yeah, when OU came calling. <laughs> But yeah, those were very very good years. Those they that did something for you as a as an individual. You what did it. you learn during those no, during you, that season of your life? Well, you learn excellence. You do. You learn excellence, you learn whether you get a lot of playing or not, you learn what it means to be well, you just to be successful. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
1: what what did uh, okay, let's let's drill into that for a minute. Um what can you think of a couple things um, that you learned in that excellence about success or whatever that followed on through into other seasons of your life? What were some specific things that you learned there?
0: Well, I, there was a, I call it a, a winning spirit victory. There's a, just say on the football field, we, we felt that we knew, we understood there was this confidence. There was this assurance that's, that you had because you, you were good i mean you were you were you were good you were just you were the mm-hmm. best, and so that has to instill something inside of you, and it does it has and i've learned uh just like in anything in life you you never quit you mm-hmm. i've learned to you just didn't quit so mm-hmm. but uh, that's one of the things that uh that I learned matter of fact it was a it was an assistant coach at o u that invited me to church, really. And, uh, he was, uh, his, well, his name was Terry Atkins. He was a strength coach, uh, weight lift, all that. And it was several years after I, you know, football season was over that he invited me to service. And so that really ministered, that was, uh, that was impactful because it was a guy there at OU that, uh, invited me to, to church. And what,
1: what happened there? I mean, when you went, I mean, there was obviously a connection between
0: just not just you and him, but something happened between you and the father. Well, uh, you know, as a child, my mother had, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are in this, but since you go to church, we go, we, I remember as a child, we went to church on uh, Easter Sunday, if you want to call that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would always dress up and my mother would somehow have money for suits and dresses for the kids. And we had suits and all that. And we went to church, you know, we went to church, different churches. So she always exposed us to I remember Methodist church, Baptist, we just went and I remember uh, that, that, you know, that exposure uh, to church itself uh, really helped me. So it just kind of, in a, in a sense, broke down these barriers. A lot of people won't step in to a church. A lot of mm-hmm. people won't go to church. A lot of people won't go because they consider the church people. I mean, Hey, you can say hypocritical or whatever. Yeah. A lot of reasons people don't go, but as I see that as a child, that really, helped me because when when terry atkins invited me to go to service well i said yeah, sure i've gone to church Mm -hmm. pretty much all my life you know i I hadn't i hadn't given my heart to the lord anything but i had it was it was easy to go because i'd gone to a lot of different places and so i he invited me and i said sure i'll go And after the third time I had uh, went to this service, I found myself at the altar, Mm. crying at the altar. Don't even really, in a sense, know how I got down there. But other than I remember, I thought about him the other day. Uh, My wife and I were driving somewhere up in North Oklahoma City, and she mentioned that this is the place where he used to go. Mm. Terry, which I thought was quite interesting. We hit out with one of the, uh, well, I just, that ministers to me because he invited me, and I went, and I've never been the same. So, so were you the only one that he invited,
1: or was no, there was there no, groups? There were, there were groups of there guys. Were like
0: groups of guys. I did. No one, Terry. I'm pretty sure he invited a lot of different guys because that's just the way he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he loved the Lord and 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 I don't know. I, I I'm I know for a fact there were other people. Yeah, there were. Come to think about it. So that was a life changing place. Oh. So
1: you're at OU, cream of the crop, playing. um, You guys were winning national championships at that point. I should have. Oh, man. Yeah. One of these days, I want to see one of those, man. (laughs) One of the rings. But, um, and then it's a football coach who invites you to meet Christ by taking you to church. So, for those people out there who think church ain't worth nothing anymore, just know you can still encounter God where the people of God gather too, and there can be life change that happens. Um, but how, how did things transition for you after that point? I mean, did
0: others notice a difference in you? Well, it was a, it was a, uh, I don't think others knew exactly what was going on because I was at, when you were praying earlier, I was at this place where it was a difficult, I was in a hard place. I had just, uh, pretty much left the football world. Uh, and I actually, so this will kind of get into a little testimony thing, I was in a in a difficult spot because I had been dating a young lady. Matter of fact, I had been living with her mm-hmm. uh, for three years, and uh, I remember that. And uh, when I went to service, went to church, gave my heart to the Lord, then things got tough. They mm-hmm. got difficult, and like I said, you're connected with this person, and yet I felt... I felt this desire to serve God and to leave the relationship and wanted her to give her heart to the Lord. And, uh, but it wasn't happening. And so the Lord was, uh, I actually moved out Mm -hmm. and we were living together. I moved out, went, got my own condo, was staying by myself, but yet she would come and I was helping her out with bills and things. Was just difficult once you're by yourself. It was back then. And, uh, but the Lord started dealing with me about, and i tr- I wanted her to get saved I wanted yeah. her to give her heart to the Lord and uh she she well we, it just wasn't happening and so that uh, and so that was that was major for me for that because I had just gotten saved I mean on you're on fire for the Lord, yeah, and you want you know you're person that you're dealing with to get to save too. And it wasn't happening. And so I had to make a choice. But at that very, at that very time, the Lord was, was making himself, uh, very, very real to me. And it was, it was a difficult hard place for me because here this woman is. And yet th- this is when the Lord spoke to me about my future wife. Really? Yeah. Right. In that situation. Because no wait a minute
1: you're you're
0: you're your exiting wife,
1: one I'm, I'm exiting one trying to exit one you're trying to exit one and god's talking to you about another one and
0: god gets steps in
1: yeah and what did he tell you about the other one what did he tell you about the other one what did he say
0: well it was now this this is interesting i went into uh this was easter sunday yeah 1985 yeah I, i'm 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 uh i'd been sir i've been serving the lord and I had been been praying, like I said, I got saved, and and it was real to me. I mean, mm-hmm. God was showing up, and it was Easter Sunday. Matter of fact, I said 1985, it was 86, <laughs> and I was Terry and I were in church, and uh, we were sitting there. I will never forget this. 1986 Easter Sunday, and I always sit in the same place. He and I, in same row. And I turned on Easter Sunday. This lady, my wife and her mother, came. I I know it was her. I don't know if her mother was with her, but I turned, and the Lord told me that that was my wife. Now
1: come on, man. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. No, no, you you just saw a beautiful woman and thought, oh, I'm going to marry her. No,
0: you. okay, <laughs> now I can I can.
1: The Lord really said that's her.
0: I turned. And I'd never seen her before. I'd never seen her before. Yeah. And I turned, and I, at the same time, I, like I said, I'm dealing with this other lady, praying, wanting to know what to do, what's right, sure, and everything else because I'm trying to serve the Lord. I'm new, I'm fresh, and yet all these things are happening. And uh, I I was praying yep. and asking for help, and she was too. Find out that she was doing the same thing. <laughs> she had just come out of a situation, and I turned, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, that's your wife.
1: All right, so so all you men out there that are in a desperate situation and you're in a bad situation, maybe you're like Vicky and you're exiting one situation and you're you're wanting a better situation. Here's the point: seek God, let God get involved in your life, and you never know what might happen. Now, now did God say anything to her?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was. She was. Uh, she had been married previously, and. She said once she was divorced, got out of the relationship, she started, she was asking God for, she said, I want you to choose. Because I think she had been married before, twice, mm-hmm. twice before. And she said she was seeking God and told him that she wanted him to choose. Mm-hmm. And did she have any caveats on that? You know, Lord, uh, no, you choose, no. but as
1: long as you don't
0: choose this. Yeah, or... <laughs> well, we both had, I mean, yeah, but no, she didn't. And it was kind of a shocker to her oh really shocker to that well because my wife is 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 white if you want to call it caucasian however you want to okay my wife is white so that would shock people a lot of people even today and uh she's she uh she did her i mean she was it took us it took us six weeks i mean it was six weeks Took you six weeks (laughs) yeah that's long and we were married in six weeks six weeks to get married from the the time the lord spoke told me that's your wife he had was. He had already. He had spoken to her too.
1: So six weeks to get back. Yeah. Not six weeks to say hello, or can I have your that, number, or do you want right. to go out? Just right there.
0: We both heard the Lord. There you go. Now, see, most a lot of I would say some people, a lot of people wouldn't believe that, but really the Lord. I mean, this is how real. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. he is. He's that. He's uh, that detailed, and and we were both seeking and wanting to to know and and. Uh, and so he spoke, I mean, it was, it was real. I can go into even further detail, uh, but, uh, we, but we were married in six weeks and now, uh, it's, uh, it will be 36 years.
1: Well, one of the things we've been talking about with our leadership team here at the church, um, and even kind of dropped it Sunday, we're, we're talking about discipleship, but, but, uh, we're, we've gone all the way back to square one and said, what biblically is a disciple? And man, we've been praying about that for a while. And so we kind of laid out, um, as we're kind of starting a a new organ, a new church, whatever. And so we kind of came up with our definition of what a disciple is. And, and one of the things around here is everything's got to be cookies on the bottom shelf. It's got to be simple. So here's our simple definition of a disciple, someone who hears and obeys the voice of God in everyday situations, just like what you did. It's one thing for God to say, Hey, there she is, but if you had not obeyed, she would not be there.
0: Yeah, and that's correct. I I actually uh, there was a little resistance from me uh, because uh, when now this would be, and some people say, "Well, how does God speak to you?" He speaks a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. I he mean, does. It was, uh, that's what. But this was inside. Yeah. And there wasn't, I heard him. I mean, it's just is real simple. I heard him. But my response was no.
1: Hmm. Why was that your initial I, response?
0: I'm a, I'm a black man. Okay. And she's a white woman. woman. And so the world that we live in, especially 30-something years ago, yeah. that was considered, that's still a difficult thing. Always has been. And for whatever reasons, I think I know the reasons why the Lord, she does too. We know the reasons mm-hmm. why he uh, put us together. Sure. And, uh, but I didn't, I resisted because immediately when he spoke, I said, no, not a white woman. Hmm. This is what I said. I'm just, yeah. I'm just being transparent, telling you the truth Good. and uh, saying this. But yet over the course of six well, weeks, six <laughs> weeks, he convinced me there are things that he did. And what happened, part of the problem was I had. This other lady that I was dealing with, I was confide, uh, confiding in my mother. I was asking my mother, "What do you? Oh, this is yeah. going on." I said, "What do you think?" And she thought the lady that I was dealing with was the one, mm-hmm. and so that was part of the issue. But the Lord did a few things uh, to convince me totally that hey, this is this is me. And uh, so you uh, married a white lady, yes. And um,
1: uh, let's just put a pin in that for a moment. You know, when I grew up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. I was the token white kid. All of my friends were black, you know, and I never really noticed the difference at all. And so for most of my life, I've really struggled, you know, do I have these tendencies? Like everybody says I'm supposed to, or, or whatever. I, I look back and think, man, I was really blessed to grow up as a white family on the wrong side of the tracks. Um, and because I learned a lot of history from listening to, uh, the black mamas talk about, I think, I think they, they saw me as the chance to kind of educate a white person on their view of things. Right. And, um, to this day, I still carry a lot of those values and, and a lot of, um, frustration for that era Mm -hmm. that was coming to an end when I was born in the, in the seventies, you know, that, that was starting to break down. But, um, I just I I I love the fact that you guys are married. So but it what what was that what was that like? Did you face some opposition? Did you oh, struggle with some stuff?
0: We we faced it then and we still still today things, still things Oh, of course. I mean, well, I think about this, it was uh just like what you were saying when you were coming up. I remember like in Panhandle Texas, we were the if you want to say that we were the only, well, we were, we were the only black people in that town. Hmm. And so as in the in the children's home, we were the only black family period. We were only black people. So I look at it and I grew up, I, like I said, I was with the Spanish, the blacks, the white, they were German. It didn't ma- And so to me, it didn't matter. This is right. It was just normal. And then, as you grow, as you get older, and you start understanding, and you see things that are difficult. I mean, and that you, yeah, it's. You see the, you see the. Well, you just see how the world reacts and acts. But the thing I know is, the Lord put us together. Mm-hmm. He said it. He spoke it. He put us together. And so there's a grace to deal with the difficulties, the hardships, the things that you see. So, yeah, over the years, it's been 30-something years, we recognize not every, not everyone's on the board uh, with the black and white marriage. I mean, yeah. they're just different things. So I know that's just realistic. I mean, it's easy. But, I mean, I couldn't care less what people think. I mean, God is the one that the Lord right. himself put us together, and we know that. And so— Well,
1: when you, from somebody who is— um, uh, colorless as a white person, (laughs) but uh, there are some people that, that they look at what's going on in our world. And uh, maybe they think that, Oh, come on. You guys really don't still face racism. You guys still really don't, don't
0: have to look over your shoulder. Do you? I mean, really do you? Oh, I could, let me say uh, this. Uh, My wife and I, we've been married for, like I said, 30 something years. And 20 years into the marriage, I woke up one morning, 20 years into mar- into marriage, the Lord told me I had uh, prejudice, racism in my heart.
1: That you did. That I did. Mm-hmm.
0: 20 years, I'm married to this woman. And I woke up, uh, yeah. And that's one of, yes. Hmm. And so we're married. But, but as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking about this. When I first... Saw her and he first spoke. I told him, No, Mm -hmm. not a white woman. So, why would I say that? And as I'm having this conversation right now, 20 years into the marriage, I wake up and he tells me, You have racism. Hmm. You have race. Might as well say the same thing. You have, you know, you have this in your heart. So, I had to repent. I had to ask the Lord for forgiveness of having even though I've been married for 20 years, that he, he 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 confronted me. You have this in your heart. So it wasn't very long after he had told me this, that I was in a meeting in Muskogee. I'll never forget this. I was in a meeting in Muskogee, and this minister from Canada called me up, didn't know me, never seen him before, called another guy, a black man and a white man, and asked, told us we needed to identify, we needed to ask forgiveness for one another, for the racism that's taking place. This is a long time ago. Mm. And that's right after the Lord told me I had this prejudice and racism in my heart. And yet I've been married for 20 years. And Mm. then I go to a meeting and they have me get up on stage and ask for forgiveness. And that person had no clue that the Lord had been dealing with me about it. Wow. And so, yeah, even today this exists, but I think now this is just me. I know that that the, I believe that the Lord wants to and I want to, He is. He's dealing with racism. And I think in our nation, I think I think it's I'm not condoning uh, anything really other than I know the Lord is dealing with it. And yes, as a black person, you recognize it, you understand it. I mean, I'm, I'm experienced, I mean, yeah. I'm experienced. I've lived it, I can recognize it. I don't have to say anything, uh, but I can, I can. and there's the Lord. Uh, there's the Lord himself sure. who can tell you things. There have been things that we've faced over the years that have been hard things, that have been difficult things, but they've been because we were a black and white couple. and. Mm-hmm. And we knew that this is only because we were a black and white couple, but yet at the same. How do you deal with things like that? The Lord has graced us to recognize and to discern things and all this, but he put us together. So no, it's no different than when we walk into a room. I think the black people are confronted with, with the, me as a black person being with the white woman. White people are confronted with her being, a white woman with a black man. I mean, there are some, we've had some people tell, I mean, when we were to, I'll just say one thing for her. There were some people told her, how could you,
1: how could, and you know <laughs> what I'm just, saying? See, that like, is so
0: foreign to me. But, but, but I, that's good. That's I just, good. I don't get that, but it's man. Not, it's not foreign to everyone, but, but that's okay because see, I believe, I believe Lord is dealing with that. And so it's just one of those things that he's dealing with. It's just him. It's his timing.
1: And, uh, I do feel like our country is becoming more and more divided on race right now than ever in my lifetime that I can remember. Yeah.
0: Um, do you sense that? Do you guys well, do you I, see I, that? I, you, I I really believe what the Bible says. I really believe that the Word of God says that we're dealing with a we're dealing with an enemy, mm-hmm. and I think there is a, it's a, it's more of a spiritual uh, issue than it is. And even though there is, it is. I think I think it's a spiritual issue. But yeah, I can see the the enemy, if you want to say that. I'm a believer. I believe what the Lord says sure. about this. I believe He is. Well, it's kind of a. Uh, how can you say? Well, the enemy wants to say the Lord says. Okay, I want to deal with. I want to deal with this issue. What if the Lord wants to deal with it? Well, if if God says in His sovereignty, it's time for me to deal with this issue in america then there's going to be a whole lot of right mess and so it's i i i i don't think it's good for violence i don't think the violence i don't i don't know how the lord's going to work it out but i believe but no i think uh the racism see what i'm saying i'm not just saying the black i just think that it's when if he's got to deal with the black person he's got to deal with the white right. person but it is an issue and uh I think it's very, I think it's time that the Lord more so that he's dealing with something so he can really just say heal America. Do you, do you
1: think that America as a culture, uh, let's go deep for a minute. Um, Cause I got one question I want to ask you, but I, I'm not sure how you're going to answer. So no. I'll save it for a second. But do you, do you think as a culture in America, we can ever really deal with racism apart from, the love of christ
0: oh no it's real simple to me I, I, no matter what i read no matter what i um, no matter how many conversations no matter what everyone's opinion is god is god mm-hmm. and he's the he it's real simple for me he's the only one that has a solution right it, it doesn't matter what we do Because he, he knows. And I feel like there are things that the Lord has said over the years. I'm just saying my wife and I, we're black and white. So we know. No, I don't, I just, I don't think it can be, you cannot, it cannot be solved without the Lord. Without the Lord. It's just real simple.
1: I agree. And so when a country is, is completely, uh, culture wise is the leaders are turning their hearts against the very one who could heal absolutely the racial wounds. It shouldn't surprise us that things are so chaotic. Uh, chaotic it's chaos. It really is. Area. What do you think of, um, uh, let's, let's jump on this one just for a second. What do you think of reparations? That seems to be a, a popular topic right now in, in 2021, you know, should, should the government give reparations, um, as a history person, some people may not realize this, and I'm sure you know, but some people may not, that back during the Reagan administration, he gave reparations to Chinese because of how they were treated in the concentration, or in, the, in the camps, collection camps here in America. So there is kind of this history for this idea of reparations. Um, so my question is twofold. What do you, Vicky Ray... Think of that idea, and number two, do you think that would actually go towards solving it at all?
0: No, I don't. I think that. Ooh, we. It's it's really not hard because I feel like the Lord has said some things over the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, well, I'll just say the slave issue, Mm -hmm. this slavery issue. Uh, I feel like the Lord is dealing with me about this has been over the years the slavery issue. And like you said, reparation, do you think it's, it's probably going to, I think it's, I think it's him. Do you think it's God? Part of it. Okay. You know, you say, what do you mean? Well, it would probably, it would take a spiritual mind to, to go to understand it. uh, Because I'm going to be honest Uh, I was, I've been making some declarations Mm -hmm. for years uh, that I felt the Lord said to make. And yet this issue has never, it hasn't surfaced, has never come forth and exploded Mm -hmm. and done what it's done. But uh, like you said, the Chinese, I think about, I was in New York City. And, uh, I felt like uh, many years ago, the Lord gave me a, uh, a challenge to study something. And so I ended up uh, in New York city to visit a son. And so I had him take me down to wall street, Mm -hmm. take me down to where the slaves came into America and, and And the Lord is even dealing with me right now about some of these things. So I'm just saying you're talking to a person that's really kind of been digging into because the Lord is leading. And so I think a lot of like you were talking about the Chinese, I think a lot of America was built Mm -hmm. with the slaves and by the slaves, different areas of the country. Mm -hmm. And I went to New York City and to some of the waterways when I was there. My son, he didn't know what I was doing, but I said, okay, well, take me down here to where. You know, the slaves, I didn't say slaves, but, and then Lord gave me a, a dream afterwards, after I got back here to Oklahoma City, after I'd been in New York City. And it was, a, it had to do with the slave. Mm-hmm. I just say the slave issue. So I, I'll let it, let him work <laughs> it out. And so what was the second the part? The second part is if, if, if that happens, does that really
1: help solve the situation?
0: Well, no, I think, no, it, it, you know, we, we think in money terms, but to me, this is a hard issue. I agree. It's a heart issue. Just like the Lord told me, you have racism, you have prejudice in your heart. And even though he said, this is your wife, we're married, we're doing, we're being, but he said, you still have some issues mm-hmm. in uh, toward, you have these racism issues in your heart. And so the only the Lord can, can deal with that. Only the Lord himself can, can fix that only because I, I consider it, uh, a sin issue. I consider it it's a heart issue. And so we can do a lot of different things. We can do the reparation. I understand that, but only, but it has to be, it's no different than anything else. Just like we got to get saved. We got to get saved from that. We got to get, I would say, get healed from the races, black and white. And so I just, I see it as a tool of our real enemy, uh, an enemy of America. I think it's something that, you know, God will cause things to come forth. So, I don't think it only, only way I see it being fixed is, is God totally. healing the heart. It's uh, it's our hearts and God has to deal with us on the inside. And so we can, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Lord. It's God. It's yep. he's the, he's the answer to this. And, and I mean, that's just me. I'm never going to be convinced uh, otherwise because right. he, he's, he's in this. So I think it's, there's another term that's kind of, uh,
1: been brought to the forefront of the last couple of years that uh, i would like your opinion on as well um and uh, this is just kind of an education podcast because i think some people may not even they maybe they don't have the guts to sit down and ask some of these questions especially if you're a white person you know which is just stupid we're all just people goodness um the the term systemic racism what does that mean to you from your vantage point
0: well, See now, I'm not clear on okay. what that means. See, I'm I'm uh, because systemic. We, we're talking about a system. That that's racism. what I would we think. We call it a system of racism that may be
1: ingrained within the fabric of the system. S- system. is a racist bent. I, 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 that's what I would think it would mean. What about you?
0: Yeah, it's in. This, you would say it's in the system, but I mean, here we go again in my opinion, is the Lord has to, to solve. But I think, I think the Lord is solving some of these issues. I think he's working on them. I think he's dealing with things. And I wonder
1: sometimes if people in uh, Washington, Mm -hmm. the, the leadership brain culture of our country, I just wonder sometimes if they use racism to advance an agenda and the way that they express racism or their view of it doesn't always match up with what I experience on the ground level where most people live, you know, I mean, I remember I was ministering in, um, I'm being very careful cause I don't want to say the state, but it, it's a Southern state. Um, and, um, I was ministering there And it was the first time I had seen racism because I was ministering at a church that was both had I mean, it was, it was just church. It's both blacks and whites. And I just, I I think that's the way it's supposed to be. Um, I think it's sad that Sunday, the, the follower, the body of Christ participates in the most segregated day of the week. We are segregated by color because you got the white church, the black church, the Hispanic church, we segregate ourselves and then we go to our houses of worship and we get segregated by age because the kids go to their spot. And the parents, you know, I mean, we're just, it's, yeah. I just, I look at it and I'm like, this is just crazy, you know? Um, but I administered there and we went to this joint to have, uh, lunch and I walk in with this couple. And the cook looks at them and says, "Uh, we don't serve you. Right. And I just remember standing there going, what are you talking about? You don't serve who? I mean, and and we, we left. I mean, I was very offended. I was ashamed at this person who is my skin color making that comment. And that's the first time in my life I saw that level of racism that's still there. But that is like the blip the majority of my life has not been that way i just haven't seen the level that i think it's put out there for political agendas
0: um am am i wrong do you think i'm seeing it no i I agree with you i think there's a uh, there's an agenda i'd say on america and i think racism is one of the tools And, and you can say well maybe god's doing this you hear it say it different ways but, yes, I, I think that, uh, oh, I just I see it in a lot of different ways. But I think, I just look at it like this. The Lord is, I, I always, I'm just at a place where I said, Lord, how are you going to fix this? Mm-hmm. How, you, how are you going to fix it? Because you're the only one that can fix it. So what needs to be done? And uh, what can we, as a believer, what can we pray? What can we say? What we can, you know, how do you want to? And that's where I am, even though, because I think, a lot of it is I'm, I'm, I'm from the standpoint that I want America. I think it's whatever is going on is trying to destroy America. And and so that's kind of where my thought yeah. is. And I know that, that it's there, but I believe that the Lord is, he is the solution, he has the solution, and I think that, uh, that's just what I'm doing. I believe in him, I trust in him. So how do you fix it? how do you, what needs to be done? Because we, as a government, uh, we, we don't church people. Mm-hmm. We don't have the answers, Lord. And so how do you, what do you see that needs to be done uh, to, to heal America, to heal us of the racism, to heal us. And so I don't, I don't, I, I, I would say what few little things I know, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I don't think I'll speak them over the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh but i only he
1: yeah can fix it i just i it's obvious that at the root of racism is hatred and hatred is the opposite of love absolutely and as christians and we we play with that term by the way at our church and i've come out and said i don't even want to be identified as a christian anymore i i prefer to be a christ follower right because christian just has so much baggage that I don't agree with, but man, to be a Christ follower means I'm actively being led by the, by the Lord. Right. I believe that he's active in my life and I believe I don't know anything. I got to follow him.
0: Yes. I, that comment, I believe I just told my wife the other day, I said, my goodness, we're dealing with the Lord. We don't know anything. We don't, We, we don't know anything.
1: And yet, if you go back and you look even at the Bible, um, the highest words in the Bible are the ones Jesus said. He was the only one that's the son of God. Right. And yet Jesus qualified. Here's what it is. Here's what it is to be a Christ follower. Right. My sheep know my voice. He then comes in John and says, those who love me do what I say. And then lastly, it's how you love each other. Right. That is going to be the proof that you are my disciples. And maybe reparations, reparations, is a good thing.
0: Right. I don't you know, maybe it's part of it, but that's not the But
1: I guarantee you we need a baptism in this country in the love of God and getting back to looking at each other and going, Man, you were created in his image just like me. We as far as I know, if the Bible is right, we got the same great, 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 great grandpa. All right. So if you're on the The podcast today and you are listening right now, I want to encourage you that, man, we have got to get the love of God baptized deeply into our hearts. It is the only way that we are ever going to change anything in our culture, whether it is the racism issue, whether it is anger towards each other, Maybe you today are in a deep, deep, dark place like Vicky was at one point and um, you're looking for a way out for Vicki, man, for you, it was football and, and, and uh, a great opportunity at the university of Oklahoma. And, and if you hadn't gone to Oklahoma, that coach wouldn't have invited you to church and that invitation to church wound up introducing you into a relationship with Christ that relationship with Christ, man, uh, then wound up to where you met your wife in six weeks. And, and now you guys together are living a, 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 a message in your life of what it looks like to love. And I believe there are some of you that are listening today that you are in a deep, deep, dark place. Man, maybe life has turned on you. Maybe you want someone to look at you and find your hope. And find your uh, great qualities. I want you to know that no matter who you're wanting to notice you, there's only one person who matters, and that is God. And God notices you. So I believe that there are some of you today, and and I, that are facing um, some of these dark times. I want us to pray today, and um, maybe maybe you just need to really understand that god's love for you is deeper than you can ever imagine and only his love is going to heal some of those those hurts um so vicki why don't you just lead out in prayer just pray whatever's on your heart
0: uh for about a minute go uh, father we just uh thank you that you're a, a good god i just want to just say that you're a good god and father i just pray for those who are listening and you said that your love uh, surpasses knowledge and understanding and even experiences, Father. And so I just lift up each and every person at that, that the sound of my voice, Father. And I ask that that love that you have so demonstrated through the cross, through the death, the burial, resurrection, and the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that by your spirit, I just say release that love. And, Lord, for those who are down those who are heavy and those who don't understand, I just ask that you would uh, take them under the shadow of your wings. I ask that you would give them a peace. I ask that you would give them the strength, Lord, to pursue you. Uh, you've uh, shown me, I, I feel like I've come out of some difficult, dark and hard times. And, and through those difficult times and the hard times, things uh, where I have haven't been able to understand that, Lord, you have shown me that you're still a good God. And I just ask that you would release your goodness and show your goodness and your mercy to those who are crying out to you, Father. You said that you are faithful and that you are just. And so, Lord, just be faithful. And I ask that you would lift individuals, men, women, boys and girls, wherever they are, whatever things they are facing and dealing with. I say, show yourself strong to them, Lord. And I just declare over those who need you, Lord, that you're good and that you're a good God. And I just, as you have shown me, I ask that you would show them and reveal and demonstrate your goodness and your love and your mercy in Jesus name. Amen. Dude, thank you for being with me.
1: Um, I really want us, uh, um, if we can work it out, would you come back and let's just chat about yeah. what God's speaking to you. Cause I know you love the Lord and I know he speaks to you all the time. And uh, I know he's been a blessing to all of you today. And so, Vicky, again, just thanks for being here. And thank you, listener, for being a part of the Renewed You podcast. Please check out streamgrace.com and check out more of our podcasts that we have available for you. Until next time, know that God cares about you, God loves you, and the world deserves a renewed you. We'll see you next time.